0: This is Matt Connickson. I am the sales agronomist with CHX Egg Services in Oakley, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Egg Services, providing solutions for
1: your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Conan in studio. We'll have updates from Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor too. As of Sunday, 81% of the U.S. corn crop is harvested. That's ahead of the average pace of 77%. of the soybeans nationwide are in, up from the five-year average of 86%. 90% of the winter wheat is planted. 75% of that crop has emerged. The
2: sunflower harvest, though, is lagging. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey has the details.
3: For sunflowers, we saw some snow delays, especially in North Dakota. But now with some of that snow melting off, we've seen things picking back up nationally 53 percent of the sunflowers harvested by november 5th that is behind the five-year average of 61 percent and even further behind last year's 78 percent and i mentioned north dakota the harvest did advance 10 points during the week to reach 48 percent by november 5th that is well behind the five-year average of 62 percent
1: house agriculture committee chair glenn gt thompson wants the farm bill extended until the end of september of next year Thompson made that point during an event in Oklahoma City.
4: Uh, I would love to be able to uh, uh, honor the new speaker when he and his plan uh, out of the House in December, but uh, I,
2: you know
4: I can count numbers and days, and there's just not enough days to, uh, to be able to do
1: that. House ranking member David Scott, Senate Ag Committee Chair Debbie Stabenow, and ranking member John Bozeman are now all on the same page, calling for a farm bill
2: extension. The annual Ag Lender Survey results were released at the Agricultural Bankers Conference in Oklahoma City yesterday. Farmer Mac Chief Economist Jackson Takich, said the survey showed a slight shift in the biggest concern for lenders. There wasn't much surprise. It surprised no one.
4: And the number one, or interest rate volatility became sort of the number one concern that Ag Lenders reported facing their institution, right? It was... Uh, uh, a lot of movement up and down throughout the year in level of interest rates, but uh, the overall trend has been a, a sort of a massive increase over the last 12 months. So we saw that reported by the lenders in the survey. They said, "Hey, this is this volatility is affecting our institutions," um, and you know even started dwarfing like lender competition and credit quality, which we had seen uh, maybe as some of the top concerns in the in the prior years.
2: Liquidity held the most concern following a year of record high farm income.
4: For producers, right? We also ask uh, the ag bankers, what is it that is most concerning uh, for their borrowers, producers that are in their in their uh, portfolios? And the number one and two this year, unsurprising, I think almost every year they're in the top three would be liquidity. So that's the working capital. How much uh, working capital does? the farm sector have in their balance sheets and then farm income level. So seeing that compression and profitability.
1: American Bankers Association Senior Vice President of Agricultural and Rural Banking Policy, Ed Elfman, is looking forward to an in-depth discussion of legislation impacting rural America at that Ag Bankers Conference.
3: One thing that we're going to talk about a lot here at the Agricultural Bankers Conference is the Access to Credit for Our Rural Economy Act, also known as ACRE, because um, there's an acronym for everything in DC, uh, but when we look at the Acre Act, it reduce it removes the taxation earned, uh, the taxation on income earned from interest on farm real estate loans, rural housing, and aquaculture.
5: That
1: proposal would lower interest rates on certain types of loans.
3: The more important thing for everyone to to know with Acre, it'll affect 17,000 rural communities. By lowering their interest rates anywhere from 50 to 150 basis points on single family residences farmland timberland ranch land and aquaculture and it's something we're pushing really, really hard from an ABA standpoint, because to us it's going to create more competition in the agricultural credit space and ultimately help farmers and ranchers and rural communities.
2: For the latest reporting week, nearly 72,000 metric tons of U.S. wheat were inspected for export. That's the lowest level since these records began in 1983. Export inspections are considered preliminary numbers and are subject to change. Since June 1st, wheat export inspections at the Gulf are down 40% from a year ago. That can be blamed on the logistical problems associated with the low water levels on the Mississippi River. Export volume out of the Pacific Northwest, though, is down 16 percent.
1: USDA is mailing ballots this week for the Farm Service Agency County Committees. Those ballots must be returned to the local FSA office or be postmarked by
2: the 4th of December. This is the Red River Farm Network. Tuesday farm news on the Red River Farm Network. Corn rootworm popping up in fields in southern North Dakota this past season. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more.
6: Some farmers are noticing corn stalks on the ground during harvest due to corn rootworm. BASF Technical Services Representative Ken Dibert says farmers who had issues with corn rootworm should make a plan for next growing season.
0: I have heard a few reports of that, of some corn going down or, or perhaps uh, developing what we call goosenecking, where the stalk starts to lodge and then the, obviously the, the corn crop is trying to grow the opposite of gravity, so it, it tends to the gooseneck or curve back upward. And I know just at this point, a lot of questions being asked. You know, from from farmers, retailers, uh, crop consultants. I've had some conversations around this topic with them, and uh, yeah, just trying to figure out where to where to go next. We just have begun this the past year here, launched a new corn rootworm insecticide that is intended to be applied in furrow called Neurisma.
6: DiBert says you need to check the field history and crop rotation.
0: The first step i would say is identifying those fields where they've had a problem and perhaps there may have been some corn on corn acres uh, where this has occurred as well and that's certainly depending on the severity of the problem of course but if the problem is severe enough that's certainly something we want to avoid is planting consecutive years of corn those corn on corn situations so crop rotation is is certainly key when it comes to a pest like this utilizing a product uh, that is going to be effective you know, whether it's an uh, in, infertile application, like I mentioned with Neurisma, um, and just controlling those, those larva stages of corn rootworm, that's obviously going to be the most damaging.
6: Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network.
1: Most farmers were pleasantly surprised by corn yields this season, even though the drought conditions persisted. Pioneer territory manager Jared Hansen says modern genetics played a role.
0: Things have come a long way and uh, uh, it was really noticeable in uh, some of the heavier soils, you know, a little more water holding capacity. Obviously, there were spots in the standier soils, uh, shallower topsoil, where they uh, didn't get those above average yields. But in general... Uh, most places were very happy with their yields.
1: Hanson is excited about what Pioneer has coming down the line.
0: A lot of good genetics, uh, a lot of more stability over a large geography with our new hybrids coming out. Uh, we're really excited about our 8048, 8602. Um, we've got a lot of new uh, corn hybrids on our, our sheet that uh, are very consistent a lot of, across a lot of different geographies.
2: There is an opportunity for producers to learn how technology can impact your operation today at Mandan, North Dakota. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more.
3: Farm Credit Services of Mandan is hosting an educational ag tech event for producers. Director of Marketing and Services Becky Peterson says the event will cover topics from AI to drone use and the bushel app.
6: Sean Riley, who's going to talk about some of the good, the bad, and the ugly of the AI world, but it has done quite a bit to the agriculture industry that's going to make it a more efficient uh, for some of them routine tasks. So he kicks off tomorrow morning at uh, 11 o'clock, and then we follow that up with the UAS, the On-Man Aircraft System. Uh, they're known as drones, and what they are doing um, for the ag industry. And our final speaker will be on the Bushel app, which is an application that can help you get a good view of your markets, fields and uh, basically help you uh, advance your marketing with your grain crops.
3: Advancements in technology have advantages for FCS as well when farmers and ranchers need to do business during busy times of the year.
6: In our own operation, we've uh, invested quite a bit of money into our online banking program called My Access. Um, You don't have to come in to sign your loans. We've got DocuSign. And so Besides the regular standard foundation cooperative benefits, we're starting to get quite a few of these high tech advancements for some of our younger or more busier producers who uh, just like to work 24 seven on the phone.
3: Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network.
1: Ukraine has new rules for companies exporting wheat, corn, barley, oilseeds, and other food products. Only companies that are registered with the government and have no tax debt are eligible to export grain. Up to one-third of the business is now done on a cash basis without paying taxes. This pilot program is in place through the end of 19, uh, 2024 and is designed to prevent corruption. This is the Red River Farm Network.
2: Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. South American weather dominated the grain markets yesterday. Ag Resource Company President Dan Bossi says Brazil's soybean crop is the big unknown.
0: I think a lot of us are wondering if uh, indeed if Brazilian farmers go back and uh... let's say they need to replant crops because of the lack of moisture across the north do they plant a full-season cotton or a full-season corn crop as opposed to beans so Until we have some clarity in terms of what Brazilian farmers will do, and for that matter, the weather pattern heading into November, end of November, we'll see how these markets react. But corn was kind of the tail of the dog today.
2: Bossy does not expect much change in this week's supply-demand report.
0: Well, we do have a USDA report out on Thursday, so we'll be watching that. Uh, Of course, not not a lot of change in corn and soy yield estimates, but I really think the grain markets are very myopic on South American weather, and that will be the key, at least as we look forward to another month.
1: CHS Global Grain and Processing Manager of Barge Freight, Ben Doan, pointed out that the planning ahead has been uh, an ability to help mitigate major delays on river shipping and some of the shutdowns this year, despite more record low water levels on the Mississippi River. Watching weather on the Ohio River Basin is a key to bringing water levels up
5: that lower part of the Mississippi, that water is fed primarily by the Ohio river basin. So that's really the, the, you know, for those interested, I'm um, looking at the seven 14 uh, day outlook or the month outlook, that's really the, the corridor that needs the most rain in order to feed that lower part of the Mississippi uh, because the lower part of the Mississippi gets fed 60% by that Ohio river basin. And that's been relatively dry over the course of, of the summer months and into the fall, so um, that's the corridor to really keep a major eye on going forward. Managing water levels is easier in the northern part of the river. So uh, we're able to maintain those pools. Now, they have problems. Um, I mean, there there are shippers that are only able to load barges to eight foot six deep uh, before they're bottoming out, but we've been able to you know, maintain channels on the upper part of the Mississippi and in Illinois because they're governed by locks and dams.
1: Checking markets, we have Minneapolis wheat, the December contract down one and a half
5: cents at seven
1: twenty-seven and a quarter. Chicago wheat, December down four cents, and hard red winter wheat, same contract that's down six and a quarter. Deese corn down three cents, four seventy-two and a quarter. January soybeans down two and a quarter, at thirteen uh, sixty-one and three quarter cents. Checking in on the farm calendar, Minnesota Farm Bureau has its annual meeting coming up in Bloomington. November 16th and 18th, the date for that event. Uh, same time, we have Minnesota Farmers Union. They're meeting November 17th and 19th. They'll be in Minneapolis for their annual convention. Also, that uh, same weekend, NDFB, North Dakota Farm Bureau, their meeting is November 17th and 18th. Fargo is the location as their delegates get together. And the South Dakota Farm Bureau has its annual convention coming up November 17th and 18th. Sioux Falls will be the site for their meeting. One more meeting that weekend, November 17th and 18th. The Independent Beef Association of North Dakota, IBAN, has their meeting going on in Bismarck. Busy meeting season ahead. This is the Red River Farm Network.